Friends, welcome back to Doable Discipleship, a Saddleback Church podcast designed to help you deepen your faith, or as we love to call it. It's the show that helps you grow. That's right. My name is Jason. This is Linda. We are on the spiritual growth team at Saddleback Church. And just a friendly reminder, we're part of the Saddleback family of podcasts. So make sure that you uh, go to saddleback.com slash podcasts. Or just search for Saddleback Church in your favorite podcasting app and see all the other fun uh, podcasts that come from Saddleback. Today, friends, we are going to be talking about identity. Mm. Yeah, I know. Tell me more, That's a good little hook, right? Right? Identity. (laughs) Friends, what we want to get at today, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about the beginning, or about the ending at the beginning, and then we're going to go back to... The beginning. I think I mixed something up there, but you'll catch where I'm going. Got it. Because I, I, I'm going to spoil the surprise. We are not the stories we tell ourselves. Right. So this is part of that identity thing. I'm just trying to like break down walls right now. Yes. We are not the stories we tell ourselves. We are not even who other people say we are. Right. And we are not the things that we struggle with or the temptations that we face. Instead, We are who God says we are because God is our creator. He gets to be the one to define us. Sure. So the the, the next part that we're going to be talking about really takes it back to what are we actually dealing with here? But this is so important. Why is this so important? Because identity is just this core core construct that tells us it's the voice inside that tells us Mm -hmm. who we are right? We create this definition of who we are, who we see ourselves at through these different things that make up our identity. Mm-hmm. So we put a definition on ourselves through identity pieces. We put value on ourselves oftentimes through these identity pieces. Our purpose, we often feel, can come out of an identity that we take. Or just our way of being in the world can come from this identity that we take. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of um there's a lot riding on absolutely where what we are identifying ourselves as, right? And so that's what we're going to be getting into and why ultimately letting God dictate your identity is so important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think your emphasis is totally appropriate because a lot of us have never considered how we identify ourselves, but we live and act from it. Yeah. And so this is such just an important time to kind of pause and think about it because our identity, how we see and define ourselves, it impacts how we think and feel. It influences pretty much every decision we make. It directs our choices. It affects what we believe is possible or allowable for us. It can determine the opportunities that we pursue and those we assume are not available to us. I mean, it, it literally filters into everything. Yeah, I think that's a good point is it creates a filter mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it can be a filter that other people use as they see us as they see, you know, say, oh, that person is this or like this, therefore this, mm-hmm. or we can do that to ourselves. Right. Oh, I'm like this or I have that or whatever it is. And it creates almost like these guardrails of our lives, um, which aren't guardrails sounds like a good thing. It might not be a good thing. Um, You know, so it it can create um, different, uh, different experiences, different filters that we may or may not want or even know that is there. Exactly. Because most of the time we don't construct our identity intentionally. 
it is shaped and defined for us by the experiences that we have and the way we interpret them. It can be formed by the opinions of a- and actions of those in positions of authority over us or people that are important to us, like parents or teachers or coaches, and even by our peers. Mm-hmm. So our, our identity, if we were to write out who we think we are, yeah. it's been formed by inputs since we were very, very small that we may have never even considered. Well, that's the interesting thing with identity right. is it's really this amalgamation of these factual things about us. Right. I am this, or I have this, or whatever right, it right, is. Right. But also, a, also with um, character, right? And that, that's often associated with it too. Is some is is you can have an identity of you know as you are a generous person. Right. I identify as a genuous person or whatever. When really that's a character quality, right? It's your generosity. Uh huh. So it can. So identity has this is this weird playing field. Where it can, you know, it combines these truths about you mm-hmm. with these character qualities, right? And again, some of them, and I think we're going to get into this, but some of them come from within. Yep. Some of them come from others, and it's it's just an amalgamation of all kinds of different things. Yeah. <laughs> is is this the first podcast that you've heard today that uses the word amalgamation twice? We will see. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so why don't you introduce us to some identities um, that have been given to us? Sure, sure. So these things are out of our control. Things like being a, a child, whoever your parents are, you did not pick them. Yeah, you you mo- most likely have parents, or at least had parents. <laughs> you know, you most likely were not just created out of thin air. right. That and would so, be my guess. Right. You did not choose your nationality, where in the world you were born. Yeah. You did not choose your race or your ethnicity. Mm-hmm. Those are things that were just out of your control. The fact that you're human was not your choice. That just... <laughs> I put that one in here. I know it's kind of funny, but I, 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 I put that one in here because there is an identity that we take of being human. Like We hear the phrases like, to err is human. Right. Or... Or, you know, it's a part of the human condition or whatever right. it is. So that's just a part of our identity. Well, right. I, I'm only human. Yes. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but then there's also physical characteristics. You could be tall. You could be short. You could have, you know, your hair color, your eye color, yeah. all kinds of things about you that are true of you that you did not choose and you cannot control. Yeah. And so I think there's, for each of those identities that are given to us, is is we can allow those to take different shapes in our lives. Sure. Right? Like my, uh, I could have, now thankfully I don't have, I could have a fraught relationship with my parents. Mm. And so my identity as their son could be really troublesome for me. Or whatever, mm. You know, and, mm-hmm. and maybe that's your case where a lot of your, of your thought life or your emotional life is around this, around this, wow, I'm, I've really struggled with the fact that I'm so-and-so's son or mm-hmm, whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I just wanted to use that as an example of how these, how these identities that are given to us can be, you know, can play a large role. Sure, absolutely. Um, now, so, so those were identities that were given to us. As Linda said, you're, you know, being a child, um, your nationality of birth, your race and race and ethnicity, uh, being human—you know any <laughs> physical characteristics that you have. There are also identities that we adopt, 
and these are within our control, right? Mm-hmm. Um, being a parent. Yep. Right? That is, you know, that is a choice that that we made is we wanted to have kids. I am a dad. Yes. That's a part of identity. Um, being a spouse. Mm-hmm. That's an identity. Your job, that's probably a a big one. That's probably a a big one that a lot of people identify with, you know, is I am a, in this case, I am a pastor, right? right? I am a whatever it is. It is for your job. Um, We take that on as an identity. Your religion can become an an identity, an Mm -hmm. identifier. I am a Christian, for example, right? Um, You could take on a a cultural identity, Mm -hmm. Um, and also, you could let your passions and interests become identities for you, right? Um, if you were really into Dungeons and Dragons, you could say, "I am a level fifty-three." I don't know. I don't yeah, know enough. I, don't, I, I, you know, um, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is you let the, is these things can become identities, identifiers, sure. right? Now, so we've talked about identities that we get that um, that are out of our control. We've talked about identities we adopt. Sometimes there's also identities that we don't want to have, mm-hmm. such as addictions. Mm-hmm. That can become an identity, right? Sure. I am an alcoholic, right, um, or, or that sort of thing, and that can become an an, an identity. Or um, another one is your uh, past mistakes. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, I am a cheat. I am a you know I am this and that can become a part of your identity and same thing with hurts that you have mm-hmm. um, and that's where something like celebrate recovery right is so powerful and beautiful because it takes those identities that sometimes we put on ourselves from right. our hurts or habits or hangups and it says no 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 you are who God says you are. Mm-hmm. You are a loved child of God exactly. who struggles with. So it separates the identity from just the reality of something that you struggle with. Um, but, I, and I wanted to add, so, okay, so we had these three sections, identities that we, that we are given to us, identities we adopt, identities that we don't want. Now, each of these identities, they generally come along with values or characteristics or, um, or in, in terms of how we think about our identities, right? Mm-hmm. Because, for example, it's not just always, oh, I am a parent. Mm-hmm. We often have a thought about how we are with that. Right. We could say, I am a good parent or I am a bad parent. Right. Right. So sometimes we take it even a step farther as we mm-hmm. think about mm-hmm. um, our identity. Or sometimes it could be, another example is embracing of, of the culture around your heritage, right? Mm-hmm. Is is maybe, maybe you were born in Greece, mm-hmm. but you grew up in America. Mm-hmm. But you take on and say, I, you know, I am a Greek American. Right, right, right. And I'm going to take ownership of that culture and really make it a big part of my life. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. Just as an example. Um, so there's like a spectrum that we put ourselves in almost sure. sometimes of how much we let this identity define us or dictate to sure, us. Sure. Sure. So that leads to, I think, the question, which is the key question that we wanted to r- wrestle with today mm-hmm. is what do you let define you? Yeah. Right. 
we talked about all these different identities mm-hmm. that we come up with or, or, or that can influence us sure. and be descriptors of our lives. But we get to choose what we let define us. Yep. And I think that's an important point, right? And that leads to then the next step of that question, which is what identity does God, who made you, give you? Because we talked about these identities um, that you were born with, mm-hmm. we talked about the identities that we choose, talked about the identities that we may have fallen into and don't mm-hmm. want. There's one, but there's one other set of identities that we haven't talked about, and those are the most important ones. Absolutely, absolutely. So one of the amazing things that happens when we become followers of Christ is that no matter what our identity was, no matter how we defined ourselves up to that point, at the moment of salvation, we actually receive a new identity. Second um, Corinthians five seventeen says, "If anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation." Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are made new. So part of what made new refers to is our identity. We get a whole new set of descriptors, a whole new set of things that are true about us that God says are true. And the Bible has a lot to say about this. <laughs> As we started digging in, it was like, holy smoke, how, we're going to have to pick and choose. And I think what's so so special before we dive into what a bunch of those identities are is that these identities are universal for all believers. Right. 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 Uh, so no matter what other identifiers you have or right. other things, is these are universal. Mm-hmm. And that's what's so cool. It's so special that, you know, for all of us who are, are not just made by God, but, mm-hmm. are, but who call on Jesus as Savior, mm-hmm. we have— we have these universal descriptors that tie us together. Absolutely. And that's, I think that's just really special. Well, and I think, yeah, I mean, this is part of what gives us unity in the body of Christ, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, <laughs> is true. these identifying marks that God says, because you belong to me, this is true of you and of all who belong to me. Yeah. So let's look at some of them. So the first truth is that you, I, we, and all who follow Jesus are a dearly loved child of the most high God. First John three three one says, "Darn it!" Says, what oh. is it? "It's erased." I just looked at it. I was like, "Oh shoot!" That is How great right. is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God? There it is. It you got it. Scripture memory. <laughs> and then Ephesians five one and two said, "Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us." and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. So we are children of God by his own designation. Mm -hmm. And then the Ephesians passage says that we are dearly loved children of God. Yeah. You know, for each of these, just let it sit for a second. Yeah. And what does this identifier say about you? This is a more true identity than anything that we could say about ourselves, right? Because this is God saying that about you, and it it even if like the idea of being adopted into the family of God. When I was growing up, I came from a single parent household, and that was a definer for me. Oh, her dad passed away when she was little. She, you know, she's mm-hmm. she's raised by a single mom, and that's true. Yeah, but in Christ, I have a heavenly Father. Mm-hmm. And so that changes that that adds to the picture of who I am. I'm not, I'm not a child without a father. Yeah, I have a heavenly father. Mm. 
That's so true. So you are a dearly loved child of the Most High God. A next identifier that we see is you are a friend of God. It says in John 15, 14, you are my friends if you do what I command you. Right? He also talks about um, I've made I made you friends and, and not servants, not slaves, but friends. Right. right. And that's just another identifier. You are a friend of God. And I don't even you know. You can say that. I am a friend of God. Exactly. I am a friend of God. <laughs> it just, it struck me. I don't know when the, the disciples heard that, if they had ever thought of God as a friend. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. God was holy and separate and, you know, behind the holy of holies. <laughs> and now it's like, and we're friends. Yeah. Again, it's just, it's, a, it's such a sweet thing to let sit in. Another one says, you are fully seen, fully known, and unconditionally loved. Psalm 139, 1 through 4 says, you have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. So that's an that's a... That's a hard one to wrestle with sometimes, this identity of being fully known. Right. I am fully known and fully seen. Mm-hmm. And if we really let that sit, that can be refreshing. Yeah. To know that even in my loneliest state, mm-hmm. even if I feel like everyone is against me or I'm alone in this world, whatever it is, that you have a God who fully sees you, mm-hmm. fully knows you, mm-hmm. and fully loves you. And that's what we'll get to in Romans 8, 38 through 39. It says, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Yeah. So there's nothing that you can do. Yeah. There's no sin that you can commit. There's no, there's just nothing that you can do. Nothing in all creation, Mm -hmm. (laughs) including what you can do. Yeah. That can separate you from God's love. And I think that that's powerful because being fully known means there's no secrets. There's Mm -hmm. no skeletons in the closet that if somebody finds out, then you're out of the family. Yeah. You know, I mean, and I think some people... You know, we struggle with like, well, if you really knew mm-hmm. all the things and it's like, God knows all the things. Yeah. And still loves you. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so we've talked about you are a dearly loved child of the most high God. You are a friend of God. You are fully seen, fully known and unconditionally loved. And then the next one says you are completely forgiven of every sin, past, present and future. This is Psalm 103, 12 through 13 says, He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. So that's another identity. I am forgiven. Absolutely. So if... Struggling with identities that you don't want, like like addictions or hurts or 
or whatnot has been a, 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 a struggle for you, having this identity saying, mm-hmm. I am forgiven, I am completely forgiven mm-hmm. by God, that's a powerful one to cling to. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. But there's more. <laughs> but there's more. Um, another amazing truth is that you are holy, precious to God, set apart to be used for his good purposes. I love this from 1 Peter 2, 9, and this is actually out of the Amplified. It says, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a consecrated nation, a special people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies, the wonderful deeds and virtues and perfections of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Um, just the fact that you know, you you may or may not feel like you're you're something special. You know, you may look at other people and go, "Oh well, they've got mm-hmm. gifts, talents, abilities, opportunities that I just don't have." And yet, the Bible says, if you're in Christ, you have been set aside, set apart, set to be holy is to be consecrated, set mm-hmm. apart for God's good use, for God's good purposes, and in the hands of the Master. He can use us for amazing things. And I think that that's very, very cool. Mm. There's more. (laughs) You are the dwelling place of God's spirit. He is your constant companion. In 1 Corinthians 6, 19, Paul writes, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? And again, if you think about what... Um, people were used to knowing was that God's spirit dwelt behind a huge curtain in the temple. Yeah. And now he's telling people that in Christ, you are the dwelling place of God. God's glory, God's spirit dwells in you. I mean, talk about, I mean, he's, he's in you. He's with you at all times. Yeah. I think sometimes we still can find ourselves stuck in, oh, well, God is at church. Right. I go to church. I can experience God there. But it's, you know, the, 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 this is that reminder of like, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. God is in you. Right. You go to church. Right. But God is in you. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And then um, Isaiah 41.10 reminds us of his presence. It says, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my right hand. So no matter what you're going through, no matter what circumstance or situation you're facing, you can know that he is with you, he is in you, he will help you, he will strengthen you. So those are pretty powerful reminders. Yeah. One more, um, you are completing Christ, lacking nothing. Colossians 2.10 says, and in him you have been made complete. And then in James 1.4, it says, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. And this kind of... Um, explores like there's two sides of of growing in our relationship with Christ. There's things that God says are true about it as soon as true about us as soon as we accept Christ. Yeah. And then there's the reality of growing in Christ. And so this both of these verses kind of speak to both. Like you are complete now and you are being made complete as God works in your life through yeah. a fancy word called <laughs> sanctification. I just have to throw it in there. <laughs> you said one more. I have two more actually. Oh yeah. Um <laughs> I, so, so two more to round us out here. One is you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Um, Psalm 139, back to that passage, says, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. So if you ever thought that, oh, I'm an accident, or you've you know identified as 
just kind of an accident or taking up space or whatever, you know, be re- be reminded that your creator mm-hmm. says, I made you wonderfully. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you could say that about yourself. I am wonderfully made. Mm-hmm. Right. And then a final one is you have a God-given purpose. He has planned good work for you to do. And Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So I want these identities mm-hmm. to be this reminder, to be the things that we can you know, etch within ourselves, our, you know, the fabric of our makeup, mm-hmm. to have these that we can draw back to. Because part of this journey of growing in our faith, Linda, you mentioned the word sanctification, that's just the journey of growing in our faith, is learning to, you know, to own and to live from our new identity in Christ, that this is the foundation, mm-hmm. that this is, you know, like if you were to look at the owner's label of your life, that this is what it says is about you. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you look at a shirt or like a piece of clothing, it says, you know, 60% polyester, 40%, <laughs> whatever, you know, it says, it says the makeup of that shirt, of that, mm-hmm. of that piece mm-hmm. of clothing. These identities, all these God-given identities to us are the makeup of our lives. It's mm-hmm. what it's what tells us what we are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And but remembering this can be it's easier said than done. And part of it is that a lot of times people will take an identity that we had no control over or something that we chose even, and they'll use it against us and they'll make it a deficit or they'll make it something that's negative. And so this is partly why Paul had to urge believers in the book of Romans and he urges us to resist being conformed to the likeness of the world, right? To not take what they say we are, not take their interpretation and to not own and live out the identity that the world has assigned to us or that we were just born, you know, whatever it is, we have to actively work against that. And instead, Paul tells us to be transformed by the renewing of our minds so that we can receive and live from the identity that God has given us, able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. That's from Romans 12, 1 and 2. And it's just, again, this is something, renewing our mind, taking the opportunity to renew our mind based on these verses, because these things are true of us. And even if a hundred people tell us something different. These are still true of us. Yeah. And so what I want to do now is just look at a couple of issues or challenges with identity that I think we all kind of have struggled with. At least I've probably struggled with all of them, <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> but I've had more time to struggle. So if you haven't gotten there yet, maybe you will. Um, so the first issue that we might deal with is mistaken identity. And that's a lot of what a lot of what we've been talking about here is this is something that others do to us. They label us or they make assumptions about us that are incorrect or they define us by what we do or don't do. And then we believe them. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we do it to ourselves though. And we fall into the same trap, believing that we are what we've done or that we're what we're doing. You know, I am this, or I did this. So now I am whatever. Mm-hmm. And, or maybe it's by what we've created or what we've damaged. You know, I'm a terrible person because I did this thing. And we, we hold on to that. 
And God is usually much more merciful with us than we are with ourselves. And we hold on to those things and they become how we define ourselves. Well, it's just like me to do this because I'm this kind of a person. Yeah. And in that case, it, it could be, you know, over a lifetime of being told something about you or thinking something mm-hmm. about yourself, whether it's because of how you were raised or just the people that you were around or, mm-hmm. you know, had who had influence over you is it can lead to issues that, you know, are kind of deeply entrenched. Yeah just based on the sheer length of time that you've had these beliefs about yourself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, mistaken identity can be, can be very difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, and that's where, you know, it, just taking those beginning steps of going back to, okay, well, if I can believe that God made me, um, what does he say about his creation, about what he made? Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's two other identity issues that we wanted to talk about. One is identity theft. And that's this idea that the enemy, he, he, you know, Satan can try to try to make you believe that those God-given identities aren't true. Mm-hmm. It can just, you know, he, he can try to distract us to, you know, to just put in us this doubt mm-hmm. of like, mm-hmm. oh, well, I, you know, I, I know God says he didn't make a mistake, but I sure feel like he yeah. did, so, you know, something like, or... I don't know if I really believe that right now. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's where this this doubt or this discord can sow in and just kind of start start to mess up this truth mm-hmm. that God has given us to be able to try to hold firm as an anchor. Right. But uh, you know, Satan loves to make waves yeah. <laughs> make that anchor kind of go back and forth a little bit. Um and then a the third one is identity crisis. And that is Realizing that you have built your identity on something false or something um, temporal, right? Like it could be this idea of you know a role or a season of life which is becoming the sole reason for being. That I only exist for this, or this right. is this is my identity. If this goes away, I'm nothing. Right. Right. Kind of thing. Right. Um, because the things of this earth can change. Yeah. Right. So if you deeply identified with your job, well, you could see a pink slip come your way as you could find, you know, you know, it'd be walk up to the office and your fob doesn't work to get in. Right. Is there could be something (laughs) that could change about that or being being a a parent and that being your sole identity? Mm -hmm. Well, your kids will hopefully grow up and leave the nest, yeah. and then what? Or if something truly tragic happens, then what, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Or s- same thing with your marriage, or same thing, uh, you know, is is sometimes things happen that can mm-hmm. throw your identity into this moment of crisis. Right. Well, if this changed, then who am I? What, right. who am I? What am I, you know, w- without this? Right. And... That's and that's a dangerous way to go down. Is when something of the identities of our earthly identities becomes such a truly important picture, you know, or, or of how we define ourselves, of who mm-hmm. we are. That mm-hmm. can be that can be difficult because those things can change. Right. What does not change is God's identities <laughs> exactly. that He gives to you. Exactly. So exactly. when we when we set our roots deep in those. Mm-hmm then no matter what happens on earth, we still can know who we are. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. There's an important point that we want to make sure to hit. Our identity in Christ, it does not replace or diminish the value of our other identities. Right. Right? I, 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 both can be held true, right? right? I am a son. I am a dad. Um, I am a, a pastor. Mm-hmm. But I am a Christian. I am a child of God. I, right. I am loved. I am known. I am seen. I am all those things that we talked about, right? These, but these identities of uh, uh, that come to us from God, these are superlative mm-hmm. to the identities of this earth, because those things are are. It's not that your identities. It's not that your earthly identities aren't important. Right. They can be held in importance. Sure. Absolutely. And, and you can and you can provide and have and have deep meaning come from those, mm-hmm. but it cannot be more deeply rooted than identities from God. Right. Identities from God come from above. Right. <laughs> right. Well, and they're not going to change. And they are immutable. Yeah. They're not going to change. No matter what happens on, on earth, those identities still ring true. Mm-hmm. And what's even cool is these identities can also provide a lens through, through which you view your earthly identities. Mm-hmm is you can see things of, I am loved by God and this, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, for example, how we talked about those those identities that we don't want, right? I am loved by God and forgiven. I struggle with this. Yes. I struggle with this addiction or with this hurt or this grief or whatever, you know, but I, I know that I am deeply loved and I know that I am wonderfully made. Mm-hmm. I'm not a mistake, you know, mm-hmm. all, all those, those things that we talked about. It really does change just about everything about how you can see yourself. So, but unlike some of our temporal identities, one of the amazing things about our identity in Christ is that it is firm. And Jason kind of alluded this already, but it's not based on what we do or don't do or on which groups we are or aren't a part of. It's based in whose we are and what he says is true about us, no matter what. So we have a different, you know, reference point, a different locus of, of, you know, it's not based on who, what we've done. I mean, a lot of our identities are who we are, what we've done, what we're doing. And all of our identities in Christ are based on who he is and the fact that we belong to him. And so what we hope you hear from this and the challenge we want to offer you is to think about What is your identity right now? And who are you letting define you? Jason kind of articulated that question earlier, but it's just really, really important. So maybe over the next week, you can spend some time writing out and talking about, or talking about your identity characteristics. And maybe you'll look and you realize, man, I hadn't realized that I defined myself that way. But now that I'm sitting down and I'm thinking about it, it's like, yeah, I have fallen into a pattern of looking at these things that are true about me, but they're not my identity. They're maybe things I struggle with or things that I couldn't control in the first place. And if, if talking about this and thinking about this um, brings up feelings that you're having trouble dealing with or you need somebody to talk to, we want to encourage you to check out Celebrate Recovery because you know a lot of people kind of pigeonhole it to just being for, say, alcoholism or something like that, but it's not. Anything you struggle with, any habit, hurt, or hang-up that you struggle with, there are people that can come alongside you and walk through helping you 
renew your mind and and get healing and wholeness. So we just want to encourage you to use this time as an opportunity to redefine yourself based on what your creator, your loving heavenly father says about you. Yeah, I think it's been an interesting opportunity to to look at these different identities and place them on like a spectrum. Mm. You know, if you have have one being, yes, this is true about me, you know, but I don't think about it too much, mm-hmm. you know, or 10 being like, I deeply identify with this. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is a big part of who I am, you know, th- that kind of thing. I think that could be an interesting exercise to kind of see where things fit about you, you know, like, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I was born in America. Where does that fit in terms yeah. of how, in terms of my identity or, you know, I, um, I am a dad. That's pretty, you know, where does that fit? Or where does, you know, I am loved or I am a loved child of the most high God. Where does that fit in? Like, yeah. and, and if you see those laid out, then you could see, oh, like I have, I have a lot on this, uh, on this 10 side that I deeply identify with, but I'm seeing that, that my God given identities seem a little bit lower. How can I redefine a little mm. bit, right? How can I spend more time at getting those higher, you know, or even trying to counteract or counterbalance um, identities that you have that may be harmful to you mm. or that may, you know, lead to some um, some ways of thinking that aren't helpful to you in terms of your growth, then how can you counteract those with the true, you know, these God-given truths, these God-given identities? Right, so I, I, it's just an opportunity to start to play around with those. Mm-hmm. I think that could really come in handy, and start to really kind of reshape this way that you identify yourself. Mm-hmm. Right, because first and foremost, first and foremost, we were made by God, mm-hmm. loved by God, absolutely. And then, if you have chosen Christ, saved by God, mm-hmm. right, and made to grow in. In the in the image of Christ likeness, these are key things about you. Yes, <laughs> that's the purpose of this conversation is just to reinforce that these are key things about you. Um, I'm sure that in a future episode, we will dive a little bit deeper into into identity and really get into like the neuroscience behind all this oh, stuff. Yes. <laughs> But we wanted to just start this conversation and have have this have this early conversation about um, just taking that glance, mm-hmm. just encouraging you to really think about what are what is what identities are shaping your life, mm-hmm. what are you letting define you, mm-hmm. and just that reminder of here's what God says about you. Mm-hmm. So we hope that that helped. We'll have uh, more conversations coming up around different areas of spiritual health, different topics related to that. So, uh, friends, we just wanted to say we love you. Indeed. We hope that you're doing well. If you had any questions or comments for us, feel free to email us at maturityatsaladback.com. Feel free to write any comments um, in the comment section if you're watching on YouTube. Don't forget to check out saddleback.com slash podcasts to see um, information about other podcasts from Saddleback Church. And uh, we will be back with you again next week for another brand new episode of Doable Discipleship. 
If you enjoyed this episode, consider giving us a rating or review on iTunes. If you do, you'll help other people find us in the future. You can also listen to these episodes on YouTube. Just subscribe to the Saddleback Church YouTube channel for these conversations, plus lots of other video content. And if you are already listening to us on YouTube, subscribe to the Doable Discipleship Podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting app so you can listen in the car or wherever else you go. Don't forget to visit saddleback.com slash doable to check out all of our previous episodes. And go to saddleback.com slash grow to find spiritual growth resources and view a calendar of upcoming events. Lastly, you can always get in touch with us by emailing maturity at saddleback.com. Send us your thoughts, send us your questions, your Bible questions, your life questions, whatever. Who knows? Your question might just inspire an upcoming episode. Thanks again for tuning in to Doable Discipleship. I'm Jason Whelan, and I hope you'll join us again next week. Music